2: Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a National Association member, FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'm Never Told, You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. As we record this, listeners, Dragon Con, which is a convention of all things nerddom that drew over 80,000 people last year, is coming to Atlanta. It takes place every Labor Day weekend in the city, taking over five hotels in Midtown and pretty much everything in that vicinity, especially Peachtree Mall. Um, I've been going for like eight years now. Wow. I've been going for a while. But hilariously, not while I was a student at Georgia Tech, which is both close— and is known as a geek college. It is. It's true. I didn't even know about it. Um, but Samantha and I will be there. Um, or we were there, depending on when you listen to this. And I will be in costume, either as the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. of course. Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon with a flaming sword. It's going to be cool. Spider Woman with perhaps a joke about like Disney and Sony and being right, all a divorced child things. or something. Right. I don't know. Uh, snap Judgment. With my uh, favorite drunk purchase I've ever made, the Thanos Club. Right. You forgot about that one, didn't you? Oh, yeah. When it showed up, I was like, what is this huge box? Oh, it's an infinity gauntlet. (laughs) And it's giant. (laughs) Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, And um, I have possible side costumes like Ellie from The Last of Us, um, Catwoman uh, from The Dark Knight, and (laughs) that series. She's not in that movie. Don't don't write in about it. Um, And Hela from Thor Ragnarok. Nice. I just love be- like black, messy eye right. makeup. I'm in. Um, but come find us. We might be
3: recording. Right. Um, and I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. I will not be dressing up. I'm going to be the person in the corner staring around in awe and probably disbelief. Yes. I'm going to assume that's going to be my reaction because this will be the first one that I will ever have attended. Yes. And the only reason I'm going is as support and audience. For Mm -hmm. you, essentially. And apparently, maybe a backpack carrier. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because I don't want to ruin my costume with a (laughs) backpack. And that's fair.
3: And that's fair. And I'm going to be in the corner with the recording equipment, hopefully, if we can get that in, um, talking to different women and those who are dressing as females, I guess, essentially, um, and see what's going on in their heads and how they came up with their costumes. Because I will say... The one thing about Dragon Con, just going through the parade or even driving through Atlanta during this time, there's some elaborate costumes.
2: And people put a lot of hard work and a lot of money in these things. Oh, yeah. And that's my favorite part of of Dragon Con is just seeing the creativity of the costumes. A lot of puns. And you know I love puns. You know. There's so many puns. Oh, yeah. I've got got some good pun costumes. Oh, I know you do. I mean, snap judgment, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Um, But we're not only talking about DragonCon today, although it might come up some. We're talking about the fake geek girl and toxic fandom at large. And this is something that I do know a lot about. And and we've touched on these topics in a handful of episodes, but pretty sure, unless my memory and Google is failing me, we've never done an entire episode on it. Mm. And there is a fake geek girls podcast out there. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, so... Definition time, geek, a person who has excessive enthusiasm for and some expertise about a specialized subject or activity. That's geek. Yeah. I used to have like a debate about like nerd versus right. geek, I feel like there was dork. like a hierarchy when it came to those types of Oh, I've been in many names. arguments about it. People <laughs> have their opinions and they're almost always different. And it's the one that they claim to be is the best one. Oh, see, I always claimed to be the
3: nerd. I always call, was called a nerd growing up because of okay. my love for books and writing and, you know.
2: See, I was always called a dork because I feel like a dork is a softer, I don't know, a goofier. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all just, right. <laughs> I haven't looked it up. <laughs> um, so if we look at fake geek girl, this is a woman pretending to be nerdy to attract male attention. Mm. Uh, there is no other reason for a woman to like something. Right? Or but, have a specialized, yeah, No, just to attract men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I do things. Oh, yeah. That's my whole goal in life. Right. right. Um, usually they are conventionally attractive, these fake geek girls, because it is a real geek dude's fantasy. It's a woman entering their boys-only clubhouse. So the only way that these women can exist in there is by being a sexual object to be enjoyed by them. And geeks are generally assumed to be men unless the girl, not woman, by the way, um, is added. That already makes them an outsider. So, like, just the fact we have to specify geek is assumed to be male, geek girl. You have to, like, have that label. That means the masculinity of geek culture is just as policed as jocks are inside locker rooms. And it is a way for dudes to blame women for rejection. She's just a fake geek girl. And so this fake geek girl is a meme. You've probably seen it. It's um, a a white woman, a white young woman with kind of brown hair, bangs, glasses. And on her hand, she has a nerd written on it. And that's kind of the meme you'll see, Hmm. the fake geek girl. And it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Scott Snyder's Batman number 13 had an ad with a woman wearing a shirt that said imposter on the front. And the speech bubble said, I basically spend like all day looking at lolcats on Facebook. I'm such a huge nerd. <laughs> then there's Dirk Mannings, who is a comic writer. He has this Facebook post that said, Dear girls who take pictures in slutty clothing and glasses and label the caption, Nerd, LOL. You're not a nerd. You're a whore who found glasses. He's like an angry man. He does. That's a, <laughs> There's no need for that. N- unnecessary. Oh, we have got another angry man. Oof. Another a comic book writer. love angry men. They're our favorites. Okay, this is from Tony Harris, and it's long, so I'm going to read it. I can't remember if I said this before, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't give a crap. I appreciate a pretty gal as much as the next hetero male. Sometimes I even go in for some racy type stuff, keeping the comments PG for my lady's sake. What? But damn it, damn it, damn it. I am so sick and tired of the whole cosplay chicks. I know a few who are actually pretty cool and... Big shocker, love and read comics. So as in all things, they are the exception to the rule. Here's the statement I want to make based on the rule. Hey, quasi-pretty, not-hot girl, you are more pathetic than the real nerds who you secretly think are really pathetic. But we are onto you. Some of us are aware that you are ever so average on an everyday basis. But you have a couple of things going your way. You're willing to become... (laughs) Almost completely naked in public, and you're either skinny, well, some or most of you think that you are, or you have big boobies. Notice I didn't say great boobies. You are what I refer to as con hot. Well, not by my estimation, but according to a lot of average comic book fans who either rarely speak to or never speak to girls, some virgins, all unconfident when it comes to girls, and the one thing they all have in common, they are being preyed on by you. You have this really awful need for attention for people to tell you you are pretty or hot and the thought of guys pleasuring themselves to the memory of you hanging on them with your glossy open lips, promising them the moon and the stars of pleasure just makes your head vibrate. After many years of watching this shit go down every three seconds around in front of my booth or table at any given con in this country, I put this together. Well, not just me. We are legion. And here it is, the reason why all that sickens us. Because you don't know shit about comics beyond whatever Google image search you did to get reference on the most mainstream character with the most revealing costume ever. And also, if any of these guys that you hang on tried to talk to you out of the con, you wouldn't give them the fing time of day. Shut up, you damned liar. No, you would not. Lying, liar face. You're not comics. You're just the thing that all the comic book and mainstream press flock to at cons. And the real reason for the con and the damned costumes you're parading around in, that would be comic book artists and comic book writers who make all that up. Okay, why is he so angry? Why isn't he just
3: letting it go? And Hey, even if that is the case, you're getting publicity. Move on, man. (laughs)
2: You should just send him a note. Move on, man. Yeah,
3: you sound sad, and you sound like you've been rejected a lot. I'm probably going to get doxed just for saying this, because I'm sure he's somebody's hero, who is really sad and lonely, as he said, and like, oh, you're standing up for all men. Good job. I don't know how to say that. Sit down. Calm down. You're insignificant. If this is what you have to rant about, this is your issue in life, just sit down. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be okay. Dude, just... They're pretty, move on. You don't, you don't have to compliment them. You don't even have to look at their costume. You don't have to do any of those things. All. They don't have to exist for you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Just let them be. Why are you so sad and lonely?
2: Samantha's turned this around on you, sir. I'm just saying it's going to be okay, boo boo. It's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Joe Peacock who wrote, There's a growing chorus of frustration in the geek community with, and there's no other way to put this, pretty girls pretending to be geeks for attention. San Diego Comic-Con is the largest vehicle, but it's hardly the only convention populated with, quote, hot chicks wearing skimpy outfits simply to get a bunch of gawking geeks' heads to turn, just to satisfy their hollow egos. Okay, I'm I'm so ser- seriously confused about why they are so upset
3: about oh. pretty girls.
2: Oh, well, they're upset about pretty girls existing in their space and not being sexual objects just for them to consume. Is that what it is? Well, it's that, uh, in part, too, there's this sense of if you were a child and being a nerd was not cool and you got beat up for it, perhaps, that you had to go through this stuff and it's like an exclusive club and now people are just, in their minds, they just look good, don't understand it, right. coming into our world. So it's that whole world of, I'll listen to them before they're popular. I like this before they were cool. Yeah. Mentality. Yeah. And there's Uh, definite gatekeeping and entitlement. And we're going to talk about some of this more later. And also just um, a geek. Anything that depends on expertise to like your credentials of how much of a geek you are depends on how much you know about a certain thing. Gotcha. Then they're automatically with that is a level of judgment right. of thinking. Like, I can understand if they're upset because
3: someone else is making money on something they didn't dedicate themselves to, mm-hmm. but just enjoying it
2: yeah, seems kind of a little harsh. <laughs> well, and also, and we mentioned this a little bit in fan fiction, there is a... People look down on how women more traditionally celebrate fandom, like right. writing fan fiction. Right. Or making costumes because if you look at arts and crafts, who are more likely to engage in that? It is women, right? So That's women are making these costumes, and some of these men are looking down on that as that is not true fandom, that is not true nerddom. Uh, how dare they? How dare they? And who agrees is Doctor Nerdlove, who responded. Being sexy is great as long as you've passed this ideological test that shows that you are indeed a true geek and not one of those hideous posers. I'm sure Peacock, who's the person whose comments we just read, I'm sure Peacock means well. But what he is saying is, ladies, you're only allowed to express yourself sexually if you follow my rules. This is continuing the long-running attitudes still prevalent in geek culture that women are allowed to partake in fandom and geek culture if and only if they fulfill specific criteria and even then only if they participate in pre-approved manners. The fake geek girl is the nerd equivalent of the welfare queen, a semi-mythical beast who somehow ruins things for everybody by, well, nobody's entirely sure. Right. Confusing their poor sad boners, evidently. Nobody has ever been able to explain to my satisfaction just how this hurts geek culture. Somebody dressing up in a sexy costume because being ogled makes them feel good doesn't affect me or my friends' participation in geek culture in any meaningful way. Putting the blame on these fake geek attention grabbers for narrowly defining the role of women in geekdom only serves to resolve the men who act as gatekeepers insisting that the only role open to women is to be a sexual object rather than a full partner while denigrating them for doing so at the exact same time. The idea of the fake geek girl only serves as a way of dismissing or diminishing the presence of women in geekdom. If she doesn't conform to some arbitrary standard, she's clearly a fake, only in it for the attention because if there's anything women do, it spend hours upon hours of time and effort just to rile dudes up with absolutely no payoff. That's what I'm doing here. Oh, Isn't yeah. that what you're doing here? Yeah. I love riling dudes up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind about that. Um, and so from my personal experience being in costumes at conventions, I've had men come up to me and quiz me for sure, how much do you know about this character? Do you know every Russian word that sets off the winter soldier? Can you do them for me? Um Wait, I've had do you. I can do I can do what I would assume is not very great Russian pronunciation but nice. I know the general sounds <laughs> I'm more I'm like I'm more
3: impri- not more impressed but I'm like yeah 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 of course you would know of course you you're Annie of course you would know I uh I've watched Twin Soldier several, several times. I almost
2: watched it last last night. Oh, no. But I couldn't because you weren't there. We got to wait. We got to do it together. Uh, Men ask if they can pose with me in sexy ways, take pictures where I'm in like some kind of sexy pose, like holding my breast, or making out or carrying me on their shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had men accuse me of knowing nothing about the character I was dressed as. Men say um, that they see me every year and they know, quote, exactly what I'm doing. What? I don't know. They know. I don't know. Right. (laughs) I'm just trying to have fun here. On the other side of the spectrum, I've had men act offensively impressed that I know literally anything about nerddom and immediately act as though we must have sex immediately. We've we've got a date. We were soulmates, obviously. Um, The first year I went there, an old man bought me a Bud Light. Uh, the first year I went to on and then asked me up to his hotel room. A Bud Light. A Bud Light. That's not That's not the drink to go to, to be like, hey, come hang with me in my hotel room. And I'm so oblivious. I was just thrilled at a free beer right. that I saw someone else pour. Right. Um,
3: <laughs> Look, I'm, if you're going to buy me a beer, I'm going to move on. Like, I, that's not a promise. That's just you being
2: dumb. <laughs> Future episode. I actually want to re-examine that because <laughs> I've always kind of been torn on what to do. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, all kinds of unwanted touching. We've done episodes about that, and you've probably heard it in the news. Um, and th- the attitude that since you're dressed up as a certain character is totally cool. Like, oh. you're no longer human anymore. Right. You're they're this rendering of a character that they have an idea about. Um, or sometimes they think it's just funny, especially because I gender bend, so I'm usually dressed as, like, a, a female version of a male character. So a lot of dudes think that's hilarious. Um, I've had cops make inappropriate comments and ask me out when I'm dressed in costume and we have literally not said anything to each other. It just comes up, you know what, I'd like to take you out on a date. No, sir. (laughs) No, sir. Um, And Samantha and I, at our upcoming convention, we're going to take a tally of how many sexist comments we receive are over here. Yeah, We're going to do a little
3: survey Yeah, find out how prevalent that is. Because last year they did have an incident. Um, And they actually had a video, I think, of a woman being accosted, and they were trying to find this man Mm -hmm. at Dragon Con. So I know that people have become a little more aware of what's happening and and how inappropriate
2: this is. Mm -hmm. I have certainly observed so much sexism at cons, and it has certainly deterred some of my friends from going. And I have seen women judge women dressed for too sexy for essentially being fakey girls. I have friends of mine that used to do that before they, they grew up and realized the error of their ways. Right, but I've seen women do it. That's the thing. Like, I, I, again, I know I've said it repeatedly. One of the reasons I don't
3: go to conventions like this, as an Asian woman, mm-hmm. there's a whole level of fetishism that happens already. So when you go into and for me, even though there's so many other things at Dragon Con, anime is one of the first things I think of, and that's typically one of the right. Uh, you know, I was like, oh no, oh no, no, we can't hang out if you're obsessed. It's one thing to have an interest, and it's one thing to like it. But to me, there's a whole level of why you want to talk to me. Right. right. <laughs> so that to me, like, even though I think it's getting less and less, but that fetish is just still very, very, very existent. I definitely get asked out based on me being Asian. right? And now my sexy voice. Just kidding. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> but I'm just like, that's one of the reasons I stay away, far, far away. And I typically don't dress up. If I dress up, it's going to be a funny character right? than a sexy character.
2: Yeah. Typically for me. Yeah. And uh, caveat here. I do normally have a pretty good experience, like, right. This is making it sound horrible. But I want to say this all of this stuff happens to me when I'm alone. Um, I think when we're together, I'm not sure that this is going to happen. well, it's
3: kind of like that pack mentality, and I'm sure we'll we could go into that later on, But men have this thing about women being alone versus being in a pack. Mm-hmm. but sometimes it doesn't even deter men in general, yeah, and especially if there's a male in the group, then that kind of like or someone of the opposite sex or someone of different sex that just kind of pulls everything apart for the right prey versus <laughs> predator, predator mentality. But it kind of is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could definitely see, especially at these types of conferences, yeah. if you're not with a group, that obviously means you need friends, quote yeah. unquote.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that lonely winter soldier. Aww. I think I'll go up and harass her. Yes. <laughs> That's what I think every time. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, I another thing I want to add in here is something that I've only started to think about after being on the show, is being feminist and wearing costumes that were designed with a male gaze in mind. So, sexy costumes right. and feeling conflict about it, especially when there are young children around. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing, I've said it before, I love dressing up in sexy costumes every now and then. Not all the time. Right. Sometimes I'm not in the place. But sometimes, feeling it, I do it for myself. But it, I don't think it's perceived that way because our society has not set it up to be perceived that way for yeah. so long. So I worry that kids see that perception as opposed to just the strong what? woman who wants to dress sexy. Yeah. Um, so that's in the back of my head now too. That's something I think about. Well, if you think about all old comics
3: and the characters and the way women were uh, drawn exactly. in general, you're like, what the hell <laughs> what exactly. was they wearing? And now today's translations into our movie
2: in you know Wonder Woman kind of like that fine balance. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I hope we'll get to come back to because a lot of people have written in about it is why is it that women when uh, during Halloween say they it's become like sexy costumes. And I think I subscribe to the mean girls theory that it's because we're judged so harshly any other time for dressing sexy. So it's like the one time we feel like we can. Right. But there's a lot of other stuff at play. I haven't done the research yet. So if you disagree, please don't. Uh, yell at me quite yet Uh, (laughs) but
3: that's something we'll return to To me it's just wearing all black with some kind of animal ears that's the the best way to go (laughs) that your your costume? (laughs) costume wearing all black and then
2: cat ears well i did rabbit ears one year comfort is key yes comfort is key so why does this whole fake geek girl thing exist well as always for a couple of reasons one nerddom has long been seen as a male alternative for being traditionally a male. So it's the alternative if you're not that buff, strong dude that is, you know, when we think of the most masculine, manly man, that's the image, the sports jock type thing. So nerddom has been the, the alternative to that. And in our movies, we see it all the time. You've you got the, the jocks and the nerds, and the nerds always get the girl. They're entitled to the girl because... The male dude wrote it, and that's what they think. Right. Um, having knowledge, being a nerd, was another way to be competent. So if a woman started doing this, then does that mean nerddom is less manly? Right? Or nerds are only passing as men. And or, if it is defined on how much you know, then it fosters gatekeeping, like we said. And men have traditionally done this gatekeeping. And women who got past that frequently had to give up a part of their identity to do so. So be a less feminine, not this pretty fake geek girl. Mm. Um, So it can be easy to lash out against people, women in this scenario that didn't give up a part of their identity. In our eyes, um, like, you have to do that. Fans of something, see it as part of their identity. Yeah, I mean, it's hardcore. (laughs) It is hardcore. hardcore, But it doesn't have to be. There are different levels of fandom. And like I said earlier, I think a part of it too is that nerddom used to come with this rite of passage of getting beat up or being isolated. So when you see someone who you think didn't have to go through that using the label you used to find solace or to find people like you to feel less alone then you might want to lash out. And I know we read something about that in our, I think our Star Wars episode mm-hmm. about toxic fandom. Um, but I, I can't, I can never find it, but I know John Oliver has a bit where he says, nerds, you've inherited the earth. Like, right. It's over. Well, that's kind of
3: the new joke is how that's kind of, ter- um, I think it was a, the silly movie with Jonah Hill and uh, Janning Jan- Tatum, the little cop movie. Oh uh, yeah, 20- you know, one you know, jump and, the, and they 22. go, they go back to school, but mm-hmm. the roles have reversed. And now Jonah's the cool kid who right. was the nerd in high school and got beat up, and the jock was always now is being made fun of, which mm-hmm. is and Tatum yeah.
2: character.
3: Like it, it does the flip, and, and then like although in the ni- early '90s, late '80s, the nerds had their own franchise, The Revenge of the Nerds. I know it was a whole. It was a really creepy movie too. It was terrible. It was really awful. But they had a whole franchise based on. We will, of course, these nerds were really buff nerds. It was really weird to me. Right. But yeah,
2: stuff like that has become a part of like the flip of the script. Yes. The mentality. hmm And as I said, there are different levels of fandom. Right. So that's a totally okay thing. Some of us, are, we're all in. Some of us are casual. And it, it differs from fandom to fandom. Right. And I, I personally don't understand gatekeeping and shutting people out from fandoms that we love. I feel like I want to share it with everybody. I think you do
3: that really well, which is also why I've been watching Supernatural. It was because Yay! of you, essentially. <laughs> you talked about it enough that I went, like, cool, I'll give it Because I, I am a... Maybe they would call me a poser because I enjoy it, I know about it, but I'm not going to go all the way in. I don't like, think you're a poser. That's, that, that's your level. That's my level. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like all the Captain Marvel movies. I will watch them and I'll, I will not watch them 10 times in a week. Right. Annie.
2: I don't know Samantha just let me be a little bit more persuasive
3: (laughs) I get you in there but like things like that I won't be standing in line for four hours to go ride a Hagrid ride well, that if level you had of been to do it,
2: you would have been able to walk right on. So think about that dedication. <laughs> I was rewarded by the you fandom. You were, gods.
3: you were, and I love the new text that I get from you to show me the wait times of the Hagrid ride. Even though we're nowhere near, I keep the checking park.
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> like every morning, I check it. <laughs> it got down to two hours. Uh, that one
3: fifty, I, I was like, oh god, she's gonna get on a plane. <laughs> like she's gonna try to get there now. Um, but yeah, I definitely am one of those. But yeah, I, I could definitely, I definitely see the dedication. And people, when you start seeing message boards and actually seeing like icons, people use is that what they are? Pictures, profile pictures mm-hmm. um of whatever character they're in love with. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fascinating.
2: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And it's I love the the creativity of the costumes and part of that, like the crafting as we said, that's predominantly female. Right. Um, but the creativity of it and just seeing the puns people come up with right. are just how impressive something is. And it takes time and it takes money. Right. You can do it cheaply, but it can be very expensive. Yeah. And to just dismiss that as this isn't real fandom, right? that doesn't make any well, sense the level of
3: research alone to get the precision. Oh, like yeah. People's, the details on these people's costumes are amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: And they might even be sexy. <gasps> How dare you? I know. I was, guess. someone going to do a sexy Thanos? I really oh, I, I guarantee I it. Last weird. year, oh. yes. one of the costumes I remember the most, and I apologize in advance, was a sexy Pennywise. Uh, oh, hmm Which I just saw that movie. Ew. Yeah. Also clown. It was a
3: really good. Which, by the way, I know this has nothing to do with this, but that whole scene with him being in the room full of the figurines and of clowns, yes. that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm scared of.
2: That's Samantha's very specific fear of Lord, statues.
3: They came to life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, okay. I'll keep that in mind. I'll try to do better about warning you about statues. That's my bad. Fearings. <laughs> that's my bad. And whatever they are. hmm <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just I'm not down with this this looking I'm not down with looking down on how other people express their fandom. You tell. As long as it's not hurting anybody else, I don't get it. I think that's the mantra.
3: Why does it bother you? If it's not actually physically taking away a right or
2: happiness or something Mm -hmm. that it's actually, then why? Then why? Why? And also, women have always been geeks. Just want to put that out there. Throughout history, I know Mary Shelley is an example of one of the first geeks. Um, We're just more visible now, and we're taking up space, and people don't like. And also, people are actually acknowledging that. Yes. As a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. We have some more for you on Toxic Fandom. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
1: Snag-A-Job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag-A-Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. This has been thrown about our vernacular a lot lately, and it's made up of three things, essentially. Entitlement, a feeling of superiority, and possessiveness. If that fandom has been traditionally white and male, then anything outside of that, that, that messes with this sense of possessiveness. And it's not limited to nerdy things at all. Music is another another big one. Mm-hmm. Like K-pop. I know that's come up, example of how female singers can't date because the fans are so possessive. It's like an
3: old school back throwback when um, actors were not allowed to ha- share anything about the private life and had to pretend like they were always uh, open mm-hmm. or never in a relationship and single,
2: right? And right. I heard that rumor kind of around Taylor Swift for a while, was it? I, don't well, I, know.
3: I know. Like, but then they get really possessive in the sense of Justin Bieber when he and Selena Gomez broke up and he got married. They started going after his wife, like mean, mm-hmm. because they just it should have been this other woman and you're just I'm like, damn y'all, so let, <laughs> let them live their lives. Why? I get it. I, if you don't like his music, sure. If he's a dick, sure. But because he married someone else, like that level. And then we know
2: the Hive will come after you. Oh, yeah. Um, They, these people are really scary. They're they're very passionate in there. Very passionate. Yes. and And some of these... Uh, celebrities have had to address their fan base and say, I will not, I don't tolerate this type of behavior. Right. Um, And if we go back to entitlement, that comes with a sense of ownership. Um, This might involve death threats to the creator if things don't go the way that the fan thinks that it should. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. petition. Yeah, the petitions. See that. Fairly often, actually, and, and I hear it with any kind of ending people don't like. Right. Oh, my gosh. But they make things happen, like the Veronica Mars stuff. Well, that's an example of good fandom. Right. Although that does come with the double-edged sword of then you feel like you have to do fan service because they essentially right. made it happen. Which uh, Kristen Bell actually She talked addressed. about it. Yeah, yeah she yeah. did. Um, and then if we look at the superiority, you're better than the so-called normies. Or casuals, which is the terms they use, are muggles sometimes, even outside of Harry Potter. Toxic fandom is sometimes called protective fandom. Fans thinking that they are protecting or preserving the fandom as they believe it should be. Um, and I've told the story on this very show how I stopped playing games online because of toxic fandom. Right. Michelle Rodriguez was booed after saying uh, destructive male culture while on a panel called Women Who Kick Ass. A man shouted at her, women who talk too much. Uh, Then there's Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. The whole, I think she just said, we need more women. And everyone was like, fire her immediately. Um, And then the reaction to Marvel Phase 4, which is, much more diverse than it has been traditionally. People saying, oh, this is, it's ruined. Like three women. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How dare you. And then they're all white redheads. Right. Uh, <laughs> there's even that cut of the um, Avengers where they took out all the women, all male Avengers. That Things like that. And then if we look at Star Wars, there's Daisy, Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran being uh, bullied off social media. They're both right. in the new Star Wars. Right. And then the movies like um, Charlize Theron
3: was on Mad Max. They're pissed. Yeah. That she was one of the heroes, even though essentially she still got rescued. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's happening And their whole men, men's rights movement mm-hmm. about boycotting that movie? And things like that. It's just so baffling.
2: Yeah. Another thing that baffles me. Uh, <laughs> actors on Voltron received death threats because of their response to questions around shipping. So, I've said it in another episode, but this is when you are pushing for a certain relationship. Okay, okay. And they thought that, I think the actors just said, "I oh, like, people should ship whoever they want, and everyone, not everyone, but a very vocal group of fans said, you're wrong. This is the only ship, you monster. <laughs> death threats! <laughs> then Dan Harmon, he had to essentially condemn half the fans of Rick and Morty. Really? Yes. Why? And there... It's one of those things, unfortunate things, where it's been taken by men's rights activists and sort of turned into... So like we talked about in Incels, so like Alpha is Rick, and then Beta is Morty. Gotcha. And then whatever the dad's name, Jerry, he's the other thing... Um, and, and they attacked a McDonald's in, I think, San Francisco, oh, some wow. Rick and Morty fans, because they ran out of the Szechuan sauce. They were threatening McDonald's employees. That is... This is a cartoon, right? Yes. Am I, are people going to get mad at me when I'm like, we're over a cartoon
3: of a non-existent place and characters? Correct?
2: And yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off track. Keep going. A Steven Universe artist was forced to quit after she was threatened by fans for drawing a, a pairing of a ship that they didn't like. Members of a Sherlock panel, the, the BBC show, were harassed based on their preference of who tops in that universe. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> huh? I think one of them was given a candy with needles in it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Then there's the practice of swatting. Yeah. That's when you call SWAT teams on someone during a gaming dispute. And this has resulted in at least one death. Yeah, that's a 20-year sentence. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes uh, changed its review policy to prevent mostly male participants in toxic fandom from bombing movies on their site. Oh, right, right. Usually before they even seen them. Movies with female and or people of color in lead roles. Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Wonder Woman, they were all targets. The new Ghostbusters. Star Wars, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Tumblr added tag blocking. And fandoms have this power because this is a group that people who make movies, studios, feel beholden to because mm-hmm. that it's guaranteed money right. if you please them. And I'm sorry if that sounds callous, but it's true. Right. Right? Um, and that can prevent studios from making more inclusive choices um, or like braver storyline choices. And this is not to absolve studios at all, at all. But we can't absolve toxic fandom either, especially when studios do make these decisions and the actors pay the price via social media. It's like a reverse death of the author problem when the fans are the problem, not the creator. Right. And creators can be involved in it too, though, especially when they say a true fan can only believe in their interpretation. Ooh, yes, I believe Anne Rice is a good example. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's really bad this whole thing in terms of things like Fight Club or The Matrix where toxic again largely male fans took the original work and turned it into something poisonous right. like representative of red pill blue pill and that's not how it was meant I mean Fight Club was supposed to be a satire about yeah. toxic masculinity right um, but it has been usurped by our fans every time every time this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> yes Hashtag not all fans. Uh, <laughs> we're making it sound awful. There are parts of it, uh, parts of it, that are just truly terrible right. and uh, <sighs> frightening, and it scares some people away. And it's that is really frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, some of it, though, is beautiful and rewarding, and sometimes transformative. It can give you hobbies, friends, maybe even significant others. Um, it can be a place to find your tribe. I found one of my best friends. I went up to talk to her because she had a Harry Potter folder. It's the whole reason That's I went right. up to talk That's to right. her. And we're still best friends to this day. She will be at DragonCon with me.
3: <laughs> oh, is she? And are you, you guys are, are you guys the ones going to... Uh, Orlando. Orlando
0: in yep.
2: November? Mm-hmm. Full mm-hmm. circle. It's, it's all coming full coming circle. And together. Thanks to fandom. You, it's a place you can hone your creativity. It can be all these things. Right. But it can be very, very toxic. It can be also a thing that
3: is a uh, criteria. Um, where, like, if they don't like Harry Potter, I, I, I'm very
2: suspicious of you. I used to have that rule <laughs> in dating, kind of like jokingly and kind of seriously. Like, you're gonna have to either start watching it now, yeah, or we're gonna watch some together right. or read them, and that's there's, just how it is. But there's a few things that I'm like,
3: okay, if you don't like this, we're gonna have to have a talk. We're gonna because it's gonna be on. you just you're just gonna have to deal with it when I'm sitting there watching yes. all nine, eight videos of it. How many? I mean, is of, it? of Harry Potter, yeah. eight. eight videos mm-hmm. back to back to back to back. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I don't want your snide comments. Right, don't start with me. <laughs> exactly, we sound like we're very. We've got good criteria for dating. <laughs> must like Harry Potter. Check, well,
3: and that's why I'm not married.
2: <laughs> not that I want to be. Uh, well, we do have a little bit more for you, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. topic right now, I feel like fake geek girl, the tide is turning where most people are like, that's nonsense, it doesn't exist. Right. There are definitely still angry men who are pointing at any sexy lady that walks by, but I feel like now there's women who are pointing at them like, mm-mm. Right. So I, th- I think the tide is turning there slowly, ever so slowly. Toxic fandom has been uh, in the news a lot, and it, just the fact that it's influenced these companies to change their policies says a lot. So, okay. I wasn't able to find. I, I We always want to end on a hopeful note. Here's what you can do. Well, <laughs> I couldn't find too much. Oh. But I did see in your feed, you can mute um, our block and or report toxic fans in your feeds. There's a debate around just muting versus actually reporting because then it will remove it from all of your followers' feeds. Hmm. So, uh, perhaps a future episode on that one. From YouTuber ALB in Wonderland, there is no such thing as a fake geek girl. There are only girls who are different, varying levels of falling in love with something that the society generically considers to fall under the nerd culture category. Right. So, the fake geek girl. Well, that's a good costume, actually. Being a fake geek girl? (laughs) Being a real fake geek girl. (laughs) How do you do that? I don't know. You you dress (laughs) as the meme. But you've got to have some kind of clever... I'll think about that later. Right. Um... Wait. I did dress up as a, a generic
3: anime girl. Uh-huh. I think that's what it was. My my character was generic Asian anime character. And I was wearing a, a school girl uniform. Mm. That was just for one event. I feel You'll sad. You'll never do it again. I, I'll never do it again because I actually busted two tires and had to go to the varsity and wait on someone to help me change tires in that costume. Oh, man. On a day that wasn't Dragon Con, nor was it Halloween. It was <laughs> someone's birthday party who loved Dragon Con and wanted to have their birthday party at Trader Vic's. And so they asked us to dress up and I did it because it was their birthday. Mm-hmm. I would okay. like that to be known.
2: Okay. You were doing it. You for were a again friend. acting for a, a friend. I understand.
3: I won't make I any. I hope there's no pictures.
2: I've often felt that way. <laughs> but I, I guess our hopeful note I just want to once again reiterate sharing is what makes fandom beautiful, right. what helps it grow and thrive and become better, not shutting out a fa- Like a fandom that you never allow to change, and you never allow new people in, will die. Right. And it's so much fun, because like I said, I get caught onto your excitement. The
3: reason I haven't watched, and I've seen it before, The Winter Soldier, is because I know how much you love it. So I know it's going to be even better watching it with you. Yes. And that's why I'm like, this is fun, even though like, I like it a mm-hmm. lot, and I watch it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I don't, like I'm not all into it as you are, that you have a costume, that you keep fixing up, and making better each year.
2: The ARM 4.0. Yeah.
3: Um, But like that's the thing is that true fandom, if you're a true fan, you would want other people to understand it too.
2: Yeah, and at varying levels. Just the fact that you're willing to watch the movie. That's all I need. I'm excited. I wish we had video footage of that time. You read the list (laughs) of best Marvel movies. And your reaction. From worst to best. And as it get, gets further and further, and the Winter Soldier hasn't been announced yet. Right. Oh yeah, one. oh yeah, it's number one. It's number one. It's number one. And then it was number one. This is turning into the Winter Soldier podcast. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> See, this is fandom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I hope that I hope that we can make it a better place, a safer place for everyone. Right. Yes, and we would love. For you listeners to write in, if you've had experiences with fake geek girl being okay. called out and toxic fandom, what costumes are you working on? If you're gonna be at Dragon Con 2019, let us know, come find us. I'll be in all black with Annie's backpack. Come yes. find me. My very recognizable black backpack, <laughs> yep. Uh, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at stuff Mom Never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Andrew, and thanks to you for listening. Stuff on Neurotology's production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.